Welcome to Agile Adventures, where we explore concepts, tips, and tricks that help your teams achieve their goals and dreams. Hello, and welcome to Agile Adventures with Jacob Shore and Brian Levy. Um, yeah, so today we're, we're discussing... Uh, the scrum guide, right? We're going to go through the scrum guide and, exp you know, bang out all of the confusion. Yeah, I think we'll be able to get through the first three sections at least, which is the purpose, the definition of what scrum is, and general scrum theory. Okay, so, cool. So one thing I'm going to point out, if we want to dive right in, is we're on the section now on the purpose of the Scrum Guide. And I'm going to read one part out that I don't think people have, people know about. And so I'm going to take the second paragraph in the section that says purpose of Scrum Guide. This part? And yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like a... It's like there was, it's like the biggest disclaimer ever, right? <laughs> it really is. And it'll be it'll it's gonna be funny once we talk about it, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna just start reading from it. It says the scrum guide contains the definition of scrum. Each element of the framework serves a specific purpose that is essential to the overall value and results realized from scrum. Changing the core design of ideas of Scrum, leaving out elements, or not following the rules of Scrum, covers up problems, and limits the benef uh, benefits of Scrum, potentially even rendering it useless. And so I have to agree with this. The whole purpose of the Scrum framework is, is, is to make it easier for you to identify problems. So that's what you mean by covers up problems, meaning because one of the core scrum values is transparency, right? That's the... That's uh, right. So it covers up problems and limits the benefits of scrum, which... Um, I mean, at a certain level, it's 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 rather self-evident that if you take a a, prescri a prescribed uh, methodology and then you don't follow it, you will limit the value you get from that prescribed uh, methodology. I always laugh at this. My wife and I have many discussions on it. No, yeah, she being a doctor, she'll meet with patients, tell them, if you want to get better, take this medication every day and take it till it runs out, right? Don't actually leave any. And seven out of 10 people don't finish their prescriptions. And so they end up back into the hospital and they're wondering why things didn't work out. It's like, well, if you didn't follow the, the, the regimen for the solution, of course you weren't gonna get cured, right? Now, 
you take the antibiotics so it runs out, not till it feels better. Because you still have, you know, still have those viruses, those bacteria, the nasties in you. And even when you feel better, it's like, yeah, it has to be taken until the problem is actually eliminated. Yeah, I get that. Uh, although you yourself said that um, at some point when you get into a, uh, into a, uh, you know, into the right groove with your team, you can like switch to Kanban and like not do away with some of the sprints and some of the, uh, some of the, uh, fit the um, formalities of Scrum. Yeah, there's a trick to it. Once you mature enough or you're disciplined enough, you don't need the forcing functions of the ceremonies to make you do the things that you should do. So yeah. all of the events are the forced communications. When you get mature enough, you'll learn to just talk about it when it happens and not have to wait for an event. Yeah, but if you don't do it, then you just know, if you, if you skip an event, you just know you're without warranty. Exactly, right? <laughs> that's, 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 that's what they're saying here. <laughs> they're like, but if you're trying to solve problems and you don't do the stuff necessary to identify what the problems are, then you might not be able to solve the problems. It's possible. Seems like a reasonable possibility. Now, I just consider this whole paragraph to be annoying and overly pedantic and stupid. <laughs> well, so let's let's read through it and then maybe uh, maybe have you give some commentary on, on why you don't like it, right? So. In that paragraph, the third paragraph in the purpose section, it says, we follow the growing use of Scrum with an ever-growing complex world, right? We are humble to see Scrum being adopted in many, house, in many domains holding essentially complex work beyond software development um, or software product development where Scrum has its roots. As Scrum's use spreads, developers, resources, analysts, scientists, and other specialists do the work. We use the word developers in the Scrum Guide not to exclude, but simplify. If you get value from Scrum, consider yourself included. Yeah. Blah, blah, so, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, so why'd you... It's, it's interesting. So it'll be interesting to hear your take on, as a developer, why you took issue with this paragraph. Um, meaning our ideas have been adopted and and uh, and interpreted by people in other in other domain domain uh, you know other domains of uh, of production and stuff that we know nothing about because we're just a bunch of developers. So we want to take credit for everything they do. So we just say, yeah, anything that like. Yeah, when we say developers, it really mean anything because Scrum works for everything. And it's not just that the people using our methods have uh, actually contributed by tailoring it to actually like actually taking some of our good ideas and interpreting it into totally different domains. It's just like, yeah, developers means everybody. So I think you have to be careful with this. And the reason I say you have to be careful is that, um, again, and I always like to use my wife for an example. She's in medicine. And the ideas 
a screen has been around for you know decades in, in medicine and in, in the emergency room if you go back 50 years they kind of always said all right let's get your information so that we can figure out what normal is for you what the acceptance criteria are and we're going to run tests to figure out where you are up front and then we're going to keep applying stuff to you iteratively keep testing you until you get to that normal spot. So yeah, they weren't using Scrum per se. It wasn't called Scrum, but I would actually argue that the iterative approach, um, figuring out the future state, transparency, like all the principles of Scrum have been practiced in medicine. <laughs> They've been yeah. practicing medicine for decades before Scrum started. And, you know, evidence-based medicine is a parallel development, right? It's not like Scrum led to evidence-based medicine, right? You know, like, right. it's not true exactly, totally that, yeah, they've always been evidence-based. But yeah, like, this is just, in my opinion, just a grift. <laughs> <laughs> just like, a, oh, yeah, but, like, we could we could hire ourselves and consultants in a whole bunch of fields. We don't have to stick to a software development we know is something. But anyway, yeah, like, uh, yeah. I when I read I that paragraph, it <laughs> when I read that paragraph, what it what speaks to me is that hey, look, we had to have a term to call team members before they used to call them team members, but um, I think they changed the language to actually say hey. We want to make sure people know that Scrum Masters and the product owner are part of the team. So they had to use a different term. So they just chose developers. And they're saying, hey, we're not trying to exclude anybody. We're not saying that, um, you know, even though we're calling you developers, it doesn't mean anything more or less than it's just a name. We have to call the team member something. Yeah, yeah the, I, I'm not. I, it's not the. It's not the word developers that 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 I'm. It's the. Oh yeah, like uh, yeah. We can. We could be. We know. We know. We once we figure this out, we this works for everything. Not just. Not just so, yeah. Meaning, it's not that we have domain specific understandings of uh, software product development that helped us develop it. It's just that we're just such brilliant people. We came up with a system that will cure every problem in the world. <laughs> well. So I, I talked to people about this and when I describe what Scrum is about, I used to describe it as the application of the scientific method to professional domains like software development. Scientific method has been around for decades, right? Yeah, yeah. So Scrum but, is exactly. So then... Then you're yeah, so you're going the opposite direction of this of this of this paragraph because this paragraph is like abstracting it again, and you're saying no, the value in Scrum is in applying the scientific method and 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 and, and giving it a specific framework for software development. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're on the same page, and that this is a bunch of hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it a hogwash, but <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, just, 
we're just talking semantics at this point. We're just talking about what 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 nasty days you would call it at this point. It's not a this is not a dis- <laughs> it's not a disagreement. <laughs> All right, so in the next paragraph, you know, it, it talks about you know, you know, it says as Scrum is being used, patterns, processes, and insights that fit the Scrum framework are described in this document. Um, as described in this document, may be found applied in, you know, device. So we're discovering new ways and new techniques, right? Their description is beyond the purpose of the guy. And I'm going to harp on this a little bit because people expect that they can read the scrum guy and there'll be like a step-by-step process to follow. Well, okay, so I think the paragraph is... I think they spell it out more so in the future where they say it's it's intentionally incomplete incomplete, I think is the word is the phrase they use. Yes, correct. So yeah, so but yeah, same thing here. Yeah. This is that they're they're not gonna they're telling you like, yeah, we're not telling you how to do everything. It's intentionally, but yeah, but I'm saying they say explicitly this is intentionally incomplete. You're gonna have to fill in some blanks here, you know. Yeah. And again, I'll I've always taught to you and our listeners that the underlying assumption behind Scrum is that you already know your domain area and you already know the techniques that can be applied in it. And so they're like, hey, we're not going to describe your domain area. We're not going to describe the techniques you should use in it. You should figure that stuff out. Yeah, you get on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which uh, the only reason i'm harping on this is that i think that when people see failures within agile and scrum and they want to blame scrum it's like well no scrum is a framework and we'll get to the you know the exact definition in just a second but the expectation is that you know your domain and you know the techniques to use yeah, and if you don't I mean, know your domain so or listen, the techniques, you I fail. I mean, listen, I agree. I, so, like, again, I agree with all this, but we have to admit that it is a little bit weaselly. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, you've said it. You, you know, it's the application of the scientific method, but it's, it's kind of unfalsifiable that, like, you'll have a situation, like, meaning we have to define, like, what is some you know, have they really understood all of the things and did they, did they follow all the rules and was it, was it, uh, and do they really know their domain well enough for this to even count and can we get a control group of two people who know their domain at the same level? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of unfalsifiable. Like, I mean, yes, it's true. Like the fact that you tried Scrum and it didn't work is not necessarily proof to its, in, uh, in, that to its, uh, to it's not being effective, but the fact that many people try Scrum and it doesn't work for them means that either there's uh, they have a communication problem or there is some, you know, flaws with Scrum. Yeah, I, I, I've used Scrum for, you know, a good 18 years, actually more than that. Um, I think I've, I've read the, the paper when it came out and and 95 or something. Um, I think, no, it came out in 95. I think I read it in 97. And I've been starting to use it. It has then. changed since then. 
it has changed. Um, but you know, I again, I always say I, I've used it successfully, but I've always been around people where there was a, a mass, a large enough mass of people that knew what they were doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, I've been on projects um, since then where people didn't know what they're doing. And those were the, you know, those were the failures when they didn't know what they were doing. Like, you have to know your domain and the techniques. Um, and we'll talk more about it later on. But again, are we talking? Okay, so by the doing. way, by the way, are we talking uh -huh. about like uh, people not knowing the like like the developers not yes. knowing the domain, or are we talking about Correct. like 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 yeah, I think there are cases where just the CEO doesn't know the domain, and like he's sort of just like uh, yeah. But even if the if the higher ups don't know it, you can still operate, just not as well. But if the developers don't know it, like in the end, not just knowing Scrum. Developers don't know software development. They don't know how to test their code. They don't know um, how to choose the right design. Okay, yeah. Right. They I, don't know how to do research. It's like you can't expect, you know, no framework. Scrum is not a panacea. Exactly. It's not going to fix the fact that you don't know your job, right? Yes. And that's a that's a key point. I don't think people realize that. Well, I think well, I think okay, sometimes but, they do. No, 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 no. But there's a, there's another issue, which is that it's not that it doesn't fix it. Scrum makes it. If you're going to implement Scrum, it's necessary that everyone knows their job well. Yes. Whereas in certain other more top-down approaches, it's not. Correct. Because again, they don't give you the details of what to do step by step, like some other methods do. So if you don't know your job, you're going to be lost. <laughs> Right. Agreed. Agreed. I'm just saying that it's a it's a it, it adds a dependency. Correct. It's not, it's not simply like, oh, like, well, what do you expect? It's not gonna teach you how to do your job. It's like you could have been doing like pretty well beforehand uh with a bunch of people who don't know their job, uh, and have like, you know, uh, certain people in certain places, and if you go then go scrub it. It's bad. It's actually negative. Yeah, I, I'm actually so glad you said that, right? Um, because this framework, the reason they want you to implement all of it is because it puts things in perspective. You know, I describe it as like my, my pantry. I have all my essential foods in different spots. And yeah. because they're in different spots, I can easily look and see when I'm missing some essential foods, right? Helps me identify problems, and that's what Scrum does. But if you if you use Scrum and you don't know what you're doing for your normal job, you don't have the skills, you don't know the techniques. It makes things worse because now you're in a situation where before before I, I organize my pantry. I didn't know how many bad, how many of my essential foods were missing. But now that I organize it and I can see all the stuff is missing, if I'm not going to do anything about it to fix it, it's just a constant nagging reminder of how messed up you are. And that's what happens on a lot of teams. A lot of teams, like they have problems, 
and they were happy in their and their problem organization before. But then once you point the problems out, if you're not going to fix it, it'll make your employees like really upset because they're going to be looking at all these problems and it'll be a reminder that management doesn't care. Management's yeah, not working that's, for that, it. Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's what you would call a straw man, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that could happen too. But it could be that you had an organization where you had a couple of people who knew what they were doing and they were able to hire people like, you know, you know, like some, you know, some code monkeys from, uh, you know, some other, from some organization or some, you know, outsourcing thing. And like they knew enough of what they needed to like, just tell them, you listen, your job is to, is to, uh, is to return this code that does this. And uh, and that was and that was good for them. And now that they're doing Scrum, like uh, now they have to like uh, now they need a different caliber of developer because they, yes, it's true that the reason they're doing it is because they want to offload some of that responsibility. But it could be that they it could be that you know they that they just can't offload that responsibility and that Scrum is not the answer to their problem. And and. Actually, that's very true. And actually, that that'll be accentuated in the next section. Okay, yeah, let's the, uh, let's do that. The next section is the, the definition of Scrum. Yeah. Right. And this is another one I just want to read for everyone because I don't think people know what Scrum is. So it says Scrum is a lightweight framework that helps people, teams, and organizations generate value through adaptive solutions for complex problems. Yeah. So if I were to sum that up, just looking at the keywords, it's a problem solving framework. A problem solving framework. So again, if you're not geared, your organization is not geared towards solving problems and doesn't want to do it, don't institute Scrum. Because <laughs> that's what it's for. And yeah. I, I think this kind of Piggybacks on what you just said, right? If if that's not the problem for your organization, if you're not looking to solve problems, well, if you're not looking to get other people to solve them, like, I mean, if you're not looking to right. solve problems as a team and iterative process, right? Right. Like, meaning, yeah, I don't think you know. Like, I think everyone's trying to solve problems, right? You know, yeah. So I just Ooh. sort of what I just being sort of, fancy. I whatever I took I, I I this is I've done this so I, I started this a while back where I was trying when I was officially when I was originally trying to grok this stuff and mm -hmm. I just sort of like uh, highlighted all the like uh, jargon words and all of the like uh, object verb you know whatever so here like so it's a lightweight framework that helps people generate value through adaptive solutions for complex problems. Right. Um, and then it says, we said we good. Should I pause it? No, no, we're good. Okay, fine. Yeah, I thought maybe I, someone was talking to you. I, I like the next line. Yeah. In, in a nutshell, Scrum requires a Scrum master to foster an environment. Yes. And I'm going to harp on that a little bit just because Set sometimes people man. think he's a DJ, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> Well, people sometimes act as though um, 
you can't use Scrum if management doesn't back you. And it's like, well, no. The Scrum Master's job is to create the environment you need, right? Uh-huh. A lot of times, Scrum Masters don't want to take responsibility for it, but it's their job, right? And so if management isn't actually cooperating the way they should, the Scrum Master's job is to fix it. Or and if they the can't, sword. yeah, and if they can't fix it, you get the wrong Scrum Master. Get a new one because it's their uh-huh. job. So he gives you like four points here, right? Product yes. owner orders the work for a complex problem into a product backlog. Let me say order, creating a sequential list, right? So I know what's, what's most important. Scrum team turns a selection of the work into an increment of value during the sprint, right? Every sprint, the team should create something valuable, which teams don't do. A lot of times they're like, hey, in order to do something valuable, it's going to take us eight years. We need to actually create a whole bunch of infrastructure for it, right? Well, yeah, so everything everything I made blue is something I consider to be scrum jargon, right? (laughs) Like an increment of value means... To, if I were to say it, I would say a goal that we think we could do in a given period of time. Yeah. Well, is, and I, when I say increment, valuable. it should be something that I can deploy. Well, I can I put it into production. I mean, that I think value is, is implies that it's deployable in some way, right? Otherwise, like, what's the value if it's just sitting on your computer? But uh, yeah, I don't want increment. Is sounds like you could deploy it. Well, the reason I'll point that out because lots of teams go through and each sprint they do something, but it can't be deployed. And if you can't deploy it, it kind of defeats the purpose. Uh-huh. And so the next line the Scrum team and its stakeholders. Right, so I'm going to emphasize and, right? So the the stakeholders, the customers with the Scrum team, they should inspect the results together and then adjust for the next sprint. If you're not getting feedback from the people that you're trying to provide value to, you don't know if you provided value. Yes. They're the ones that need to tell you. So every sprint, the stakeholders have to be involved. They're the ones that give you the feedback to tell you if it's valuable or not. And then you're repeating the same process over, right? So again, the whole Scrum framework, it actually is pretty simple, but it's actually hard to do. So some people say it's simple, but it's not easy. Well, and it's not easy. It requires discipline. It's simple with 12 pages to explain it, but, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, everything's always as simple as it needs to be, right? 
we're engineers, yeah. right? If it's more, it needs to be as simple as it needs to be, and no more simple, right? Well, it's one of those things where, you know, it's simple for me to work out every day. Although I don't work out every day. <laughs> the process is simple. Hey, I'm in California. I have no excuse. I can literally walk outside and start working out. But having the discipline, you know, actually getting up off the couch, taking, taking a break from work when I have all these deadlines, right? Hard to actually do it every, all the time. So yeah, it takes some discipline. Yeah, so the scrum purpose, I want to skip purposely incomplete. I'm sorry, go ahead. Discussing, right? Yes. Yeah. Only define the parts required to implement scrum theory. So they're telling you up front, the key to everything is scrum theory. Right. And we'll get to that section in a, in a minute. But you know, give you a precursor. Scrum theory is a scientific method. <laughs> And then this, this last highlighted thing, I think is what you're speaking to. Yes. Scrum is, is built upon the collective intelligence of the people using it. That's correct. Meaning, if you're a bunch of morons, it's not going to help you. <laughs> Again, the expectation is that Scrum isn't telling you exactly what to do. It's giving you a framework for identifying problems that you had to solve. If you can't figure out how to solve problems, you don't have the skills to pick the right, right solution um, to whatever pops up, then Scrum's going to suck for you. So in addition to having underlying you know, premise being that you have people that, with expertise, they also have to be willing to utilize the expertise without someone else telling them what to do. Yes. Okay. And then it says various processes, techniques, and, and methods can be employed. Okay, so this is, so it makes visible the relative efficiency of current management environment and work techniques so that improvements can be made. Which I interpret I to mean, <laughs> they're not gonna they're not they're not gonna fix it. They're gonna make it visible so you can fix it. Exactly. And the thing I'm gonna point out, and I, I talked about this earlier, and how if you put scrum in an environment where you're not gonna fix stuff and make things worse, scrum actually provides measurements and guidelines. So it, there it says that scrum makes visible the relative efficacy of current management that's like a nice way of saying if your management is doing something stupid Scrum is going to highlight it <laughs> everyone's going to know that the emperor has no clothes right so things get really uncomfortable when you actually put strum in place i mean yeah, that, that's happened in a couple of places i've worked Really uncomfortable, right? 
less than ideal. <laughs> All right, you want to uh, you want to scroll down to the uh, next section here. One second. You took good notes. Oh uh, yeah, I'm so I mean, well, okay. This is like, I mean, listen, you like saw us a bunch of times, but I like had to like. All of these jargon terms, I had to like actually find the definition in the scrum guide. Like, it's extremely self-referential. So, so yes, yeah, so I, I have, so I did all the work, you know, at some point. Uh, one second, I don't think I, I don't think I have all my notes transcribed on this one yet. So I'm just gonna go back to here. I started doing it, and I did. I have it on a hard copy paper. And then I started like. Before we did this, I just started printing them in Evernote so I could just refer to them. Anyway, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so Scrum. let's go to this next section. The next section on Scrum theory. Yeah. First sentence, Scrum is founded on empiricism. And lean thinking, which is like, I think that was like a buzzword back then, buzz phrase. <laughs> Like, so, like I think I, my guess is like the Agile Manifesto sort of came out around then, and like there was like a whole thing where there was like this like pushback against these like big systems, and like it was like a buzzword so they put it in. Well, so let's just break it down a little bit because I don't think they define lean thinking in here. Nope, they don't. Um, so first, you should know Scrum actually predates Agile. So again, that yeah, paper it does. Scrum that I read. It, it, it does, but the manifesto doesn't. But the, but the Scrum read doesn't. Second thing you should know is that, so lean thinking, lean is an approach. And at the center of the approach is the idea that- Cut the fat. Everything works in processes. And the process- is a series of related activities. Wait, wait, that lean, lean is mm -hmm. not like fat free. That's not what it means. Like, like it's not like skinny, not over, not bulky. That's not what lean actually. Means. It it does in a way. Oh, right. So the, the the thought process is that everything works in processes. Processes are a series of related steps that transform inputs into outputs. Yeah. And the idea is that those related steps in any process, there are steps and things in the process that are helpful. And, and there are the things fat. in the process that are considered fat that are not helpful. And the thought process is lean thinking is all about, hey, if I can identify the stuff that's not helpful and remove it, I can reapply the resources that I was applying towards the fat, the things that weren't healthy, and actually apply them towards things that are good and healthy. So it could be this is considered a definition. Like maybe this is what they th this is what they're doing here. They say empiricism asserts that lean thinking reduces weight. Like maybe that's like an unclear way of defining. Yes, it is. I mean, like right. you know, uh, they didn't—they they, didn't have a good uh, copywriter, but you know, a good uh, <laughs> editor. But you know, I, I think that's what they're trying to do. Okay, yeah. You're you're absolutely right that they—that is what they're attempting to do there. 
They're trying to define it. Yeah. See, because so. empiricism is empiricism asserts. I get it. That's a definition. You got it. Like that knowledge comes from experience of making decisions is based on what's observed, which is not a not a exactly a philosophical definition. Like, meaning like it's actually not a technically philosophically accurate definition of empiricism, but I go, there's no uh like but, meaning but, I, I don't think that like you know David Hume would like agree with this, but you know let's not get let's not get lost there. <laughs> let's not go down that that rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> um, what I want to point out in that uh, that previous line, where it says empiricism asserts that knowledge comes from experience and making decisions based on what is observed. Oh. Basically, what they're saying is that because remember whole Scrum they're, theory. They're conflating empiricism with the scientific method. Yes. And on top of that, they're saying that your focus should be on making decisions. Making decisions yes. based on what oh, is observed. Okay. Yes. Evidence-based decision is what they're actually saying that your focus should be. And yes. I'm pointing this out because everyone that I've seen use Scrum, their focus has been on the task that everyone is supposed to make or supposed to do in a sprint. That's not the focus. Okay, the focus should be on what decisions you make. Okay, you, you haven't yet proven that because we haven't said that that's what Scrum does. It just, you just said that it's based on empiricism. It could be that the focus, it had, this, is, this doesn't tell you yet. I mean, it, I think you're right, but I don't think this, this, I don't think this st statement proves your point because I think here, all we're saying is that that's what they based it on. And they're frankly being yeah. a little highfalutin about it. Like, first of <laughs> all, they, 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 they improperly defined empiricism. And second of all, they're just like, what they say is founded on empiricism and elite thinking. Like, yeah, I get that. You're right, that there should be some correlation with what it's founded on and what your focus is. But like, uh, but honestly, like, yeah, like this is all tied the sky hogwash. Like, you know, I mean, not hogwash. Like, I, it's, I'm not going to be as hard as it on like the first on, on the on the statement of purpose in the first episode of our series. <laughs> yeah, but like this is like a little bit like uh, in the air. Like first of all, it's not an accurate definition of empiricism. But you know, obviously, I said I wasn't going to go there, so I'm not going to go there. I'm holding myself back. Uh, but the fact is, yeah, all it's telling you here is that that's what, this is this is their this was their, what they use as guiding principles in making up the theory. It doesn't mean that that's what you're focusing on. True, true. And so well, let's, let's put a pin on that because we don't want to skip forward. So I'll bring up this theme later on when we get to the next portion. Yeah. That it proves okay. it. Yeah, okay. But here in Scrum Theory, that next paragraph, the next, the next stanza, I think is really interesting. It says Scrum employs an iterative incremental approach to optimize predictability and to control risk. Yes. So basically, oh, yeah, the, the two things. What's Scrum used for? It's optimized predictability and controlling risk. Yes. I can go, I've, I've been on projects, but they were claiming to use Scrum before I got there. And I never heard the terms risk. And we more go through. And they were more predictable beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, if, if you're not getting more risk control, 
if you're not getting more predictable on what's going to happen, scrub. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so we got to change what we're doing. Yes. I'll have people like, hey, you know what? We have these commitments in Scrum, but it's okay if you don't meet the commitment. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> the whole point is to make things predictable. If you can't meet the commitments you're making, things, that's like by definition, things are kind of like not predictable. <laughs> oh, okay, so I think, okay, one second, one second. I think there's a difference there, right? <laughs> Meaning I thought that the idea of Scrum is that you make the commitment. Meaning you honestly think you can do it, and then you can't, and then you realize, then you go and analyze that and figure out why you couldn't do it, and that makes it more predictable. Not what? like, oh, well, you your word is your bond, and if you don't, if you don't meet it, then it's unpredictable. So you're right. You're, we're actually saying the same thing, but if you're actually analyzing it, figuring out what you did wrong that made it not predictable and you're really trying to employ it to improve you should be improving and making it more predictable yeah, like, you're, 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 just pointing, you're, you're just pointing out that if you say like yes uh you're you, you at some point at some point it has to stop right if you just continue <laughs> to make, make commitments and then ignore them you're not going to gain much traction it, yeah, my, you know, my, my wife can argue when I when I tell and I yell at her for leaving the toilet seat down and not not moving up where it's supposed to be that yes. she's trying to improve, right? But after a certain point, if the toilet seat is still down, and not up, you, you, you're kind of not really improving, <laughs> right? And you can say you are, you're trying to get better, but. Oh, I insist that the cover has to be on the toilet. <laughs> As if it has, if it's, if it's gonna be, if it's gonna be inconvenient for someone, that's inconvenient for everybody. For everyone. <laughs> I, my sense is that the natural position is is up. <laughs> okay, I mean, like you know, it's, it's it's like it's a little indefensible because if you go to a toilet with a urinal. Then the door, then, then, then the default position, according to everybody, needs to be down. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, so hopefully, then, yeah, hopefully I mean, you see my point here. Like you know, I, I you, you have no idea how much navel gazing I've done on this topic. So anyway, <laughs> we could be here all night. Let's let's go on. <laughs> um, yeah, that last the last part is just saying. We have these events, but the event, the purpose of it is for, to inspect where you're at. So I'm assessing, what's my where current state? Where are you going, that, where have you been? It's yeah, like so, Forrest Gump said, my mom says you can tell a lot about a person by their shoes. Where they go <laughs> and where they've been. That's right. You take, you take the increment, which is the shoes, which is the period of right now, and you see where they where they've been. All you're doing is three things over and over again: transparency, inspection, and adaptation. So let's let's dive into what each one of those things are. 
Transparency. <laughs> yes. And that was not a, that was intentional. That wasn't a, okay. So I'm going to read what's here. And we might have to bring up a dictionary too. Because I think most people don't actually know like the def dictionary de definition of transparency. Right? Uh, I think it's see it's see through, no? Yes, it, I, I see through something to in order to view something else that's behind it, right? You're one of the few people I talk to that actually know the definition. <laughs> oh wow, really? That that yeah, that that's oh yeah, uh, it's that bad. Really? Wow. <laughs> but and that the reason I mention it is because some people act as though transparency is just about making sure people can see everything. I don't want to see everything. If you see everything, and people make all data uh, available, most of the data that you're going to see is irrelevant for making the decisions you need to make. It can actually cause you to make the wrong decisions. You want to see through the stuff that's irrelevant Oh, in order yeah, to see is, the things is, that are irre irrelevant behind it. This is, this is, this is, this is enlightening. The condition <laughs> of being transparent. <laughs> the transparent is the aim of a material or article allowing light to pass through it so objects behind can be distinctly seen. Yeah, again, I want to see through the irrelevant stuff because, again, it's, it's all about decision-making. There's data that I should be using to make a decision. And there's data that I should not be using. Yes. I want to see through the stuff that's irrelevant so I can actually focus on the data that's relevant for making the decision. And that's going to help me make the right decision. Everything else is useless. No, there's a little bit of reason. It says here transparency, the emergent process and the work must be visible to those performing the work. Just as well as those receiving the work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right, when you hover over it, it gives you the definition there, right? Yeah, it's like, well, what was I doing with my life? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, our, our viewers have learned something else. Okay. Uh, uh, the reason I actually uh, read that first sentence is that the people that are doing the work and the people that are receiving the work, that's, that's the customers. We should know what you're doing and what the effects are because you're running an experiment. I need to be able to convince those who I'm serving that when I make an adjustment, it's for the right reasons. We should have total buy-in. So they should be able to see everything that's going on. Yeah, okay, so that, that's, that's baloney. It, it like, is. Like, like, no, you don't have to like have 100% open communication with your customers. You're giving them a service. And, you know, like, what? So, like, uh, the fact that Google, uh, the Google, that Google takes, uh, takes all your data when you use their free services is a violation of a scrum principle. Yeah, they actually don't advertise it because they don't, they don't want transparency. Because they know that when they do all this stuff with your data and sell it, you're not going to be comfortable with it. I understand. I'm just saying, like, 
I get how that's a violation of ethics. I just don't think that's what it's meant here by it's a violation of scrub. Like, it just means like, be transparent as to like what you're doing to fix the specific problem they want uh, they want fixed. Well, it's let me go beyond what it says to the why is it there. So here's what happens. And I'm going to go back to like famous American stuff that I, I laugh at. Okay. We have, we, we hold an election in 2020, right? And here's the thing. 40% um, of our country, 40% of our country said that one person won. 60% said a different person won. Now, we have the same election, we have access to the same data, but we came to two very different conclusions. And when you come to different I mean, conclusions- listen, I, don't, I don't have time to like deconstruct this, <laughs> but like, uh, I think there's, there are legitimate questions of, I mean, not about who won the election, but as to the, the jurisprudence, I mean, like, listen, with Bush and Gore in, uh, well, when was that? Like 90, I think it was the... Uh, Should be like 96? 96, yeah, I thought, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, the thing went to the Supreme Court. Here are like a bunch of courts. I mean, you know, there's issues of like, uh, you know, the whether they should have gone to courts, whether there was enough evidence, you know, like the, there are like serious questions of jurors, jurisprudence here that uh, no one wanted to get into because of the uh, the like fact that it was already made a big deal because of the like weirdness of COVID and the weirdness of, you know, unprecedented changes and laws that were seemingly unconstitutional. Like there were lots of like different things that made it that like, uh, that uh, like, I mean, like, whether or not you, you agree with the point, I don't think like this, that is a, a good illustration of it. So I think there are questions of jurisprudence there. Well, yeah, I'm not talking jurisprudence. The subject here is transparency. And the reason why you want it is to avoid that whole thing. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, was, we, we should was. actually, the, the purpose of transparency is that we want to actually have a situation which after we do the stuff, two reasonable people should come to the same conclusion. And if you don't set it up that way, so that we can agree on what things mean afterward, then you're not gonna have buy-in into the adaptations that need to actually occur afterward. Okay, listen. Then you're I not going know, anywhere. Like, the, the things like the, I mean, listen, I don't, I, I happen to, to agree with the results of the election, but I think like things like the, uh, Philadelphia, uh, where the, uh, where the, where basically like the governor just like, oh, like, like took on powers that were clearly delegated to the legislature and like then these, the Supreme Court wouldn't, did it, wouldn't listen before because of standing and wouldn't listen, wouldn't hear the case afterwards because it was already moot. <laughs> uh, like, I don't think any reasonable per person could come to the conclusion that that was uh, handled in an upright manner. All right. Again, so the purpose of transparency is to make sure that we don't have those disagreements. We, 
we got to be defining if we get these results, it means yeah, but... X. If we get these results, we get what it means Y. And, and let me yeah, take it out of the politics I just, for a I second. Just think, I think there was transparency. I think it's just a matter of partisanship. Like, I think that, uh, yeah, like, it's a well, matter no, I, so, of if you're a Republican, me, you think this happened. If you're a Democrat, you think this happened. And given the fact pattern, everyone could agree that it's not reasonable. <laughs> it's a question of do you me, like it or do you hate it? But, you know, you may be going away from the, uh, I picked the charge topic, so maybe going away from like, the transparency piece. So let me, let me bring it back to software design for a second. There's, yeah. no, we, we got two different designs that we could choose from. We pick one because some, you know, some of us think it's better. We ought to be defining, well, how do we know it's better, right? Well, yes. I think we got to define up front, you know, say we, we think it's better because of performance, right? How do we know that the performance met our expectations? Well, we and just, also, all right, how let's, let's clock it. Yeah, but so let's clock it, right? Let's define up front. We're going to measure from the time a user hits the keyboard to the time that something appears on the screen. Here's how much time takes place. And if it's less than 0.25 milliseconds, then we think it's good and it worked the way we want it to. And if it's more than 0.25 milliseconds, then we think it's not enough. So we need to actually adapt this more. Like we, we had to define things. I feel like in most to that level. 0.25 milliseconds is the margin of error. Yeah. But you know, again, the, the point is like. I mean, like 200 milliseconds, maybe 0.25 milliseconds. Like, usually that's the margin of error. error you know? Well, for the systems that you work with, yeah, so maybe, I'm working yeah. with some high high transactional systems for Wall Street. Oh, okay. But if you don't get your trades in fast enough, it could cost you millions, right? So we. I don't know hey. if if you're if you're if you're betting millions on a computer working within 0.25 milliseconds. I feel like you 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 may you may have other things you should question. Actually. The, there are specific systems that do automated trading that are built for that speed. And all they do and how they make money is based on how fast they can get the trades in. <laughs> yeah, but like what right? if like what if like a squirrel falls on the wire one day? Like you're gonna miss you make sure that doesn't happen because you'll lose money. Yeah, you gonna lose billions of dollars because a freaking squirrel fell on your wire? Like, I don't know. It seems exactly seems like a bad way to Seems like you're making a lot of assumptions here. Hey, <clears throat> that's what they were banking on, and they put money behind it. Right here? Like, yeah, you know, I can send you papers, because I worked on systems where they actually built fiber uh, through mountains um, as fast as they could to actually implement this kind of thing. But yeah, but, but I want to make sure we're, we're getting beside the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, fine. You, yeah. you got you, you to gotta have things defined so well that we agree on what things mean. Because if we don't agree on what things mean afterward, I'm gonna to want to adapt it one way based on my conclusion. You're gonna to wanna to adopt it, uh, sorry, adapt it a different way based on your conclusions. 
And if we can't agree, then <clears throat> we won't be aligned and your productivity will go down. So okay. you need you gotta define <clears throat> this stuff that transparency is we gotta agree to this stuff in it advance. Enables inspection. That's because right. Inspection without transparency is misleading and wasteful. You got it. Why is this it is the important thing? Why is it why is it why is it misleading and why is it wasteful? So if if we're gonna inspect something against different standards, different criteria, right? And sometimes I hate when people ask me my opinion on different subjects because they ask me my opinion without stating what criteria I should be using to render the opinion. So if what you, you like were going to actually Python or Rust, <laughs> it's like what aspects of it, right? What criteria are we using by it? If, if you're judging um, those those two items by ease of use, you know, I, I told you in the past, I'm an old man. I only do easy programming. <laughs> give me, give me, a, you know, <coughs> Python. Give me um, Ruby, where an old man like me cannot do the syntax right, and my code still produces something that executes and works properly. Right. I mean, you're not you're not you're not running systems that need 0.25 milliseconds with Ruby or Python, man. I, I don't code. I don't. I don't code those myself. I leave yeah. that to the younger folk. <laughs> yeah, just right. saying, like you know, 2.5 milliseconds is like a compiler. Like it's just a question of like you know, did the compiler did the did the uh, gill catch something? You know, did uh, did the and then Ruby, like, oh my gosh, like it's terrible. Ruby's terrible. See, like, it depends on depends on the criteria you're using. For me, I'm like, hey, you can write code like, that's great, and it will work in a very specific, very, very, very specific environment of a very specific version, and a very specific thing in time. Just assuming that all the dependencies work for about five weeks perfectly, <laughs> which is what I need it for. I, exactly. I yeah. In my position, yeah, it's great. That's right. I'm only coding stuff for demos. Exactly. I'm, like, yeah. I'm not coding stuff. I code stuff to give people an idea of how things should work, how algorithms should work, um, what to look for, and something to see. But I'm not coding it for the purpose of it staying. We we need to agree to that, right? If we don't agree to the criteria and what we're using it for, then inspection is wasteful you'll be inspecting it against the wrong criteria you'll come up with a whole different conclusion and yes and you gotta actually agree to all that stuff as part of transparency and that's the people that the thing that people don't get yeah but really you know i assume we're all gonna be using rust anyways <laughs> when they when the uh, robot overlords take over <laughs> yes yes precision of language um so the rest of this is easy once you agree to the transparency piece did we you, agree to what we're did you see that 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 that, that thing where doctor where like uh who was it? Yeah, uncle bob was like saying about how we're all going to be using uh closure oh yeah <laughs> That's the prediction that really came to fruition.
<laughs> that's a great case in point for transparency agreeing to here's the overall goal here's the criteria we should be using he used some very very bad criteria to make that prediction yes yeah very good point <laughs> but you know once you agree to the criteria part of transparency once we agree that here's what things are going to mean once we get the data back, then looking to see the inspection, would it be produced? Okay, I feel like we're crossing out inspection, right? Yes. A, yes. Inspection. The scrub artifacts of prog progress toward agreed goals must be inspected frequently and diligently to detect potential undesirable variances or problems. Yes. Help so again, yeah. I had to have agreed no to the goals previously that happens in transparency, right? The criteria I'm using to inspect against. Because again, inspection is an assessment. The criteria what's, we're using should have already been decided. Diligently right? means uh to uh, analyze the results. That's what they mean. They frequently and diligently. I figure if I'm doing something frequently, I'm doing I'm being diligent about it. Well, but I, so diligent is that speaks more to the attention that I pay to the details, right? So analyzing so, the results of the of your inspection. So if I look up the word diligent, it says having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's duties. In a way right? that so, shows care and conscientious. Yeah, fine. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I want to do this. And how do I show care? Now, how am I diligent? I'm going against the predefined criteria, not being lazy about it. Some people just like look at stuff. Yeah, that and sucks. Or that's awesome. They, they, <laughs> they throw their emotions into it. I felt this way, right? It's like no, this is supposed to be scientific. Earlier, we talked about it being evidence based, right? I should actually look at the criteria we agree to piece by piece and weigh it against that. Okay. To help with inspection, Scrub provides cadence in the form of its five events, which we'll say later. Uh, inspection enables adaptation. Inspection and adaptation is considered pointless. Scrub events are designed to provoke change. So these are kind of non sequiturs in the way that they're done. They're not, they're not well crafted. But the idea is when you look at something and you see that it's falling short of the goal, you can change it. You must change it. And if you don't change it, then there's no point in looking at it. That's right. Why do scrub? That's pretty much it. And then, oh yeah, scrub is to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I've got, I got some expectations. I, I like to sometimes change transparency to expectations. I have this goal, I have some things I expect. I, I inspect or assess my current state, what I produce against my expectations. And if there's a gap between the two, I'm doing gap analysis. How do I get, how do I get, eliminate the gap? How do I move closer to my goals? That is what adaptation is about.
which is why we should read what adaptation is about. If any aspects of a process deviate outside of acceptable limits. Again, I've got these criteria as I should meet. Acceptance criteria for the goal. Now, by if the any, way, uh -huh. I should just point out here that in transparency, there was no mention of acceptable limits. This is implied from adaptation that you should set Correct. acceptable limits. This, I think, is a, a tremendous flaw because really the point, the only, if they, if they made any point of transparency, it's that they should, that you should accept, accept these acceptable limits. Correct. Okay. Anyway. So, and you're absolutely right. In transparency, I should have the goal being specified, which they talked about in adaptation. <laughs> yes. In transparency, I should have acceptance criteria. I should have acceptance limits or control limits for what I want. And I should have some sort of interpretation of if it's outside of the, uh, of the control limits, here's what it means. So all that should be done with transparency. Then when I get to adaptation, if things are outside the limits, then I need to brainstorm and figure out, hey, what needs to get adjusted to get it inside the limits? Yes. To make things acceptable. And the, the adjustment must be made as soon as possible <laughs> to minimize right. the deviation. Like, uh, but, as soon as possible. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I want to make sure everyone understands the implications. Because people think that, you know, when something's outside the limits, we call it a defect, right? Well, here's the deal. We cause the defects. So they're saying, hey, if you're doing something that's causing the defects, you need to figure out what you did and stop it immediately because you'll keep causing more defects. People are, they are in denial. They are like, these defects just come about. And it's like, no. What you did caused it. So whatever you did to cause it, figure out what you did to mess things up and stop it. It reminds me of the words of the great Willy Wonka. <laughs> we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. You can't go wrong with quoting Willy Wonka. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the great order, Willy Wonka. Yes. <laughs> the, the next line adaptation becomes more difficult when the people involved are not empowered or self-managing yeah so if, if you don't you made a mistake leverage to do anything then, they, then they're limited in what they could do right you you mess something up but you can't correct it you gotta get permission from somebody else yeah that's that, that becomes difficult well. and I want to make sure you understand why it becomes difficult. Not only is there a delay, but if I did something that caused deviations, caused things to be unacceptable, and then I have to always put my tail between my legs and go to my boss for permission to not make the same mistake again. You're not going to fix it. I don't want to disclose to my boss every time I make a mistake. 
<laughs> I'd rather I keep mean, silent so he doesn't know I goofed up all these times. <laughs> was that the intention of the writers or is that just a side effect? I, I like to think that the writers are at least as clever as I am. <laughs> Perhaps more clever. Oh, and that it was intentional. I don't know. They seem to like take credit for things that uh, they didn't do. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going with attributing any intelligent thing. And they're like, yes, it's it's intentionally incomplete. So I mean, okay. Anyway, yeah, is... neither here nor there. The point is, is that uh, yeah, if you can't fix it with by yourself, then it's not going to get fixed. Right. You're not even going to tell anyone you made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, well, if you can't fix it, then yeah, it's not we just uh, just just to get you just just to get uh you know just to get a slap on just to get like you know kicked down yeah slapped in the face. It's like, <laughs> like oh, by the way, you know that thing that's destroyed that uh, we can't fix. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> do Do I have permission? Fix it. Yeah. Yeah, to, to correct the thing that I did that cost you five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> is, is it okay if I correct it? Yeah, beautiful. Not a, not an easy conversation to have, right? All it's, right, so what do you what do you think? Because we got you know we got to wrap up our first episode going through the Scrum Guide. What do you think about our 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 first episode so far with it in the series. I think we've, uh, we, you know, we, we get a sense of, well, I mean, basically as of now, we sort of like, uh, I mean, definitely the approach that we're taking it to this seems to be a lot of, oh, like, uh, this is why you can't blame Scrum for not working because you're not following the values or doing the work. Uh, which uh, is fair, I think. I don't know exact. I mean, you know, like I could see things being more helpful or less helpful. But yeah, I think, you know, but also like, uh, yeah, there's also some emphasis on like, yes, the, the wording here is weaselly and not super clear in a lot of cases. Like, meaning like I could, I could totally see people who are like reading this in good faith not getting until not getting that oh yes the transparency that's what you should be just defining what you want here it's sort of like uh yeah be visible and inspect things you know be visible inspect things and uh, yeah adaptation is uh sort of like and if things aren't working fix them whereas yeah it's uh once you actually work it out and you know like a lot of this work needs to be done, uh, you know, either by uh, analysis or attributing things that are not necessarily read straight out here. No, and I've got to admit, I've actually going through this, again, I have an advantage that most people don't have, which is I'm on a, a frequent communication basis with about three of the Agile Manifesto signers. Um, yes. so I get extra insight, you know, I, you know, especially with Sutherland, I get, <laughs> who wrote this thing, I get, I get extra yeah. insight into, uh, what he meant, but actually going through it, I have to admit, 
that it's not as easy to understand just by reading it without all those extra insights. <laughs> and also, like, I don't know how much of what you get from Sutherland. Just from, listen, I don't know. When I read, when I read this, I'm just like, I don't know how much of what I get, like, you know, is like, oh, yes, retroactively, that's what I meant when I said that. But uh, that's just me, because I'm one of those. I'm one of those sticklers. Well, so, we'll we'll wrap up this session. But in next session, I think we should be able to get through the Scrum values and the team, the Scrum team, which we've already touched upon. It I've already yeah. Uh, yeah, we touched the, upon in, it before. In the in the list, right? In the list here, right. and 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 we had episodes on it, but this list basically goes through the scrum team because it's pretty, yeah, I think so. So tune in next time where we learn about our values and the scrum team, and I I will be sure to bring the same level of skepticism, cynicism, and sardonic uh, uh, torment. <laughs> torture torture and torture to the scum guard that I've that I've that I've uh, that you know it's only gonna get worse by the way <laughs> <laughs> so tune in for all yes, the tune in next time in our next episode yes <laughs> okay the oh wait that was stop recording yeah